This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the Usual Suspect Steve once again call upon special guest Chris from Channel 83, this time to steel themselves against flying mortuary death spheres and a 7 foot tall psychopath in 1988's Bang Ball Phantasm 2. Join us as we meet the charismatic tall man, go on another make your own weapon montage at the hardware store, and go looking for love and revenge in all the wrong places. You might not like it, but Reggie Bannister is what the peak male athletic form looks like. Boy! Let's wax this quad barrel porpoise. Chase, don't do that. See, we, we're working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we're back again here on episode, shit, what episode is this, 28? I think it's 28. Sure. It is. Um, sweet, awesome. The guest host had to confirm that, <laughs> um, which is a good sign. Uh, yeah, we're back again, episode 28, this time uh, here gathered to discuss Phantasm 2 from 1988, uh, which we've had a lot kind of like pretty tight pattern between 87 and like 92 i'm starting to see like develop so there's definitely a pattern going on here but um yeah this is this is a fun one i'm excited to talk about this one uh so first off uh tonight you got myself jim g baby oh shit hold on i'll have to edit that i forgot to ask can you guys hear this yeah i heard Chase, it. don't do that <laughs> yeah way too yeah long. yeah <clears throat> Here, one more time. Chase, don't do that. That's good. Less loud? Sounds good. Okay. I said leave it in. Fuck it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and then uh, to my right, we have the usual suspect, Steve. How are you doing, my friend? Sup? Doing good. He's supposed to be Turkish. Some <laughs> say his father was German. Nobody ever believed he was real. It's because you're stupid verbal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, and again, we have a uh, two-time returning champion, uh, special guest, Chris, from the Channel 83 podcast. I am the video word Mitch Flash. Yes, I am here. Nice to, to have, have you back. back, man. Thanks for having me. In- Indeed. Yeah, this, this should be a fun one. Uh, this is... Uh, this is a flick that I saw pretty recently in in my uh, timeline of horror movie watching. Uh, so I'm a little late to this one, but this is one I really like a lot, and I'm curious to see what Steve thinks and any uh, any other insights that Chris has on this one. Uh, I guess let's start. That I kind of just went through my – that's my brief history with this flick. Uh, I just think it's dope. Um, I came on to it uh, – little later in life but do you have 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 you been familiar with any of the phantasm franchise prior to this steve me no absolutely not okay (laughs) i figured um i'm still not yeah i was about to say uh i did have a a slight moment of panic after i watched it that i was like 
fuck, did he say Phantasm 3? And this was like an hour ago. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> because we, we just did Exorcist 3, and then we were just on a different podcast who we should give a shout out to where they did a sequel. And then on this one, I was like, well, shit, was this supposed to be number two or number three or number five? I don't know. So then I had to go back scrolling through our old text like, please, God, don't. <laughs> don't yeah. do what I think you've done. Yeah, there, we there, we have had quite the uh, murderer's row of, of sequel uh, flicks that we've been checking out lately. So, None okay. of which have I seen the first. <laughs> or I guess that's yeah. not true. Ex- Exorcist, I saw the first, but not the second. So, Yeah, the second one, like we talked about, is a garbage fire, and it doesn't tie in. And I think everything else we've watched, like it was like an anthology, or like The Exorcist, I feel like it's – it's a fine standalone, and I think Phantasm Two is kind of the same way to me, at least. Yeah, you but, you kind of you can kind of put the pieces together pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's not like plumbing like the depths of uh, you know storytelling here. So it's not like you need to have each piece like, oh, okay, where am I at in this? Um, this is just yeah. like a fun horror action romp. Uh, but uh, what about you, Chris? Where are you? What's your relationship with the Phantasm series? So I've been aware of it for a long time, but I did sort of come to it later in life. Like you, I first uh, heard about it probably, and this is going to be something that, okay, for all the younger people out there, there used to be these things called DVDs, uh, and this was before YouTube. So there was this thing called, uh, there was this DVD called Boogeyman, the killer compilation, that was just like a greatest hits compilation of horror movies. Um, and it had like just a, a single like kill scene from like pretty much all the big ones you can think of, like Halloween, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street. But there are also like a couple random ones like The Dentist or Wishmaster. Uh, nice. And Robert England did like the commentary track for all of them. And I just like. Back in those days, if you wanted to see something like that, you had to have a DVD or a videotape. So I would just watch this obsessively because I was a weird kid. And uh, <laughs> Phantasm was one of the ones on there, but I didn't, I don't think I actually watched it till like 2015 or probably like 2016. And then right on. shortly after I watched it, it got released in 4K in like mm-hmm. September of 2016. And so that, like, we watched it, me and my wife. And then it came out in 4K. I was like, oh, shit, we need to watch this. We need to go see it in the theater. And then after that, I found out like the fifth one was about to come out like October 7th of 2016. And so then we just rapidly watched all of them and then went to the theater and saw Ravager. And so ever since then, like she has not been keen on ever watching them again. But I, I really <laughs> wanted to because I thought they were interesting. But that's just a little too much it's quite the quite the endorsement yeah it's too much <laughs> franchise overload for some people to just like there's there's five yeah yes there is wow <laughs> nice is there a, a certain amount of diminishing returns or is it just i mean i've only the first one i've seen probably like four or five times i i did watch it back in november with my dad because i think it was like the dune movie had just come out and i'm sure you guys have some little trivia facts about Dune as it relates to this one. And I was 
telling my dad about that. And he's like, oh, I remember that movie from back in the 70s. Let's watch it. So I've seen the first one several times, but anything after that I've only seen once. So it's only my second time seeing Phantasm 2. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I actually... Uh... I'm I'm a I'm pretty noobish when it comes to Phantasm series. I've actually only seen I've seen the first one like once or twice and I liked it fine enough, but I've seen this one probably four or five times and this one just stuck out, but it also wasn't enough to where I I haven't broke down and been compelled to watch any other Phantasm. I just kind of treat this as like a standalone entry i like this one i don't want like the diminishing re- return factor to come in and be like oh yeah this franchise turns into horseshit just like a lot of horror franchises that go beyond four sequels but yeah um for sure but i would kind of compare it to like uh child's play in that it is uh like the brainchild of one person so even like the shittier parts are still like there's a distinct vision behind it you know Right on. Yeah, and I'm not averse either. It just, for whatever reason, I haven't, like, you know, taken that step to hit play on 3, 4, and 5. But I plan on doing so just for Reg alone. It's probably, <laughs> we'll talk about him a lot because he's, he's my favorite uh, character in this movie. Um, Does he come back for 3, 4, and 5? He's the main character from, yeah. like, for not in the first one, but the rest of them, he is. Interesting. B- based on how this one ended, that seemed unlikely, but <laughs> what do I know? I don't know about you guys. Uh, if, if this confusion will ring true to you, but the entire time I was thinking he looked so familiar and I just couldn't place it. And then looked at his IMDb afterwards, nothing that looked familiar to me at all. Yeah. And just racking my brain as to who he looked like. And have you guys seen the second season of the wire? No, I've seen, that's the one where they're at the port, right? In Baltimore. Yeah. Mainly. All right. I remember well, this says who, this who has does lost all of? steam. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the union leader, his name's Frank Sabatka. Yeah. The main like fat dude with that's bald. That looks kind of yeah. like Reg. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can okay, see that. Okay, well, we can move on now. I just thought uh <laughs> no, I'd bring I, you all. I know what you mean though too because this guy has one of I think he just has one of those faces. Like he looks like somebody like it, it just, just it looks, looks like, like every white guy. He yeah, looks like there's he could that. be like the like one of the nameless crewmen on Armageddon or like a bad <laughs> yeah. guy in Con Air or just yeah. somebody who's in the background. Yeah, a villain on a construction site posing as a construction worker for like Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah, and I'm just watching it like, oh, I can't wait to satisfy this mental itch of where I know him from. And I'm looking at his resume like, no, it's nothing on here at all. I have a theory too. He's not as ugly of a man as um, Ron Howard's brother. Clint. Who, oh my God. Clint Howard. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes me think because Clint Howard was in the the Ice Cream Man horror movie, yeah. And Reg is an Ice Cream Man by trade, so ah. I, part of that I was thinking I was like I can kind of see that maybe that's where I got my tiny bit of familiarity because they kind of have similar features. Uh, although, yeah, Clint Howard is just 
He's an unfortunate. I, I like the guy. I've heard great things. He's an unfortunate looking man. Is what is that what you were gonna say? He is. I am not a handsome I, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, he. I I feel like the same thing when I first saw this. I was like, I feel like I've seen him in something, but yeah. I felt yeah, the this same is way. Pretty much has been his thing, and like oh. I have seen him in like I looked at his IMDb and I've seen him in those bit parts that he has in other horror movies. But I was like, I swear I've seen him have like a meteor role in something else. But no, I've never felt closer to two people in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for this guy too, though, because I wish he would have been he would. I wish he would have been able to parlay this into more stuff. Like he could, he could be like a low level, like Tom Atkins, you know, like kind of B horror movie, like uh, scamp that just, you can plug and play him as like the resident badass motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, based on this one, they both have the uh, whole like banging some woman that's 30 years, their junior <laughs> thing going on. Yes. They do both share that in spades for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting too. Like the, it's like a, a reflection of the director of this too, Don Coscarelli, which I've heard the name and I, but I don't know a ton about him other than like he's only ever done primarily uh, Phantasm, like everything Phantasm. It's his baby. It's like his, and I know there's a few other people um, kind of like that in the industry where they they're just known for like one franchise and that's largely what they've done. Um, so it's kind of interesting too, like that, like this Reg guy, it seems like that's his claim to fame and nothing else really. Like his body of work is this one franchise, which is kind of interesting to dedicate yeah, to that's me really at least surprising. your whole life to something like that. But um, okay. So that's our, familiarity level uh with the franchise uh so i guess let's get to the good stuff what what'd you think of this one steve uh i liked it i would consider it a fun uh i would dare call it like a romp you know it's not it's not bad at all it's not super great and uh jim i guess i'll just give some behind the scenes for people who don't know is, is good at like if you ever see like at a, a sporting event where they do the crowd like noise level thing, you can see it kind of like fill up like a noise meter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can sort of I can sort of gauge a movie with Jim if I say like, oh you know I've never seen Ghostbusters and he freaks out and gets all melodramatic and you know throws <laughs> his hands in the air, <laughs> then then I get a clue like oh it must be pretty good if he's just beside himself that I haven't seen it. But there will be times where I'm like, oh, you know what? I've never seen, um, I don't know, like fucking Tremors or, or something, for example. And and if he goes like, that's eh, not that great. Then I know, ah, you know, it's not like, you know, you that big of a deal. You can take it to the bank. So, yeah. Yeah. Although so I, would imagine a, I will if, say that's a bad example. You Tremors is a banger. I don't know why I just thought of that. But I, I bet if I told him like, you know, I've never seen Phantasm 2, he'd probably, it would probably be like a three on that meter of like, it's a good flick. Yeah, I wouldn't be beside myself because this this is pretty obscure, but I would definitely champion it because I feel like there's some things in here that that you liked, and we'll see. Mainly Ridge. Yeah. I mean, it's just sure. like, oh yeah, his character is like. We'll get into it, but 
uh, it's just kind of a unique character where it's like he should be a piece of shit on paper. You shouldn't really like <laughs> this guy, but he somehow like makes it work. You know, like you can put the like his kind of smoldering misogyny on the side because he's charismatic and like soft-spoken. He's not like a in-your-face dickhead, but then he has some really cool lines and he's chopping someone in half with a fucking chainsaw and he makes a four barrel shotgun. So it's like that juxtaposition. I think it just, it works. And I, I really dug it a lot. Yes. Cool. Well, cool. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Did this one lose any luster this time around for you, Chris? So since I watched all of the sequels in rapid succession, like two, three, four sort of blur together for me. Uh, really like the first one sticks out because I've seen it multiple times and the fifth one sticks out because it came out in like 2016 as opposed to like the 80s or 90s. So it just looks different. Uh, so I didn't really remember much about this one specifically other than I thought you know, I liked it and I thought it was interesting and I would say I pretty much stick to that, but I am one of those people that like, I can't just watch a middle entry in something. I have like this idiosyncratic thing to watch things in order. So I did watch one and two back to back and I was like, I definitely prefer the first one over this quite a bit. I need to flash back to it. It's been a long time. Yeah, I should have done that because I also kind of have that, I don't know, it just irks me a little bit. Uh, Even if there's no knowledge lost, I'm always kind of like looking for things that don't make sense and to chalk it up to like, oh, I didn't watch the first one. So to be fair, these both have the first two both have a pretty threadbare plot. So like if there were a franchise to just skip over one, this would be the one. But, you know, based on my limited familiarity with you, Steve, I would guess that you might not like the first one. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Now that has now been added to my list of don't fucking bother ever. (laughs) (laughs) I like the first one too. Like when I think hard on it, like there, there are some things that, uh, that are good about it. I think for my sensibilities, something about two, it just, I like it a little bit more. And I, I I sometimes have some unpopular opinions when it comes to like what's, um, franchise stuff too. Gee, what's what's that fucking horror movie that you love that I hated? It follows, and it almost destroyed our friendship. Oh, it follows. That's right. Uh, yeah. Chris, do you have any opinion about it follows? Fucking garbage. Oh my! Which God. actually goes back to I don't think you would like Phantasm because one of the, one of the things I was thinking while I was watching the first one today was like. It is very much like <laughs> an A24 movie, but made in the 70s. Like it's about grief a, and trauma a, and death, and it's like super surreal. So if it came out today, like I'm pretty sure the elevated horror crowd would shit their collective pants over it. What's, an a, what's A24 mean? It's the production company that made It Follows, and they kind of make uh, a bunch of horror movies in that similar vein that the media has dubbed quote elevated horror. Oh, but yeah, I I don't fuck it follows. I I don't, I don't, 
I actually am okay with busting out the red pen on you, Chris, because uh, oh, look oh at him, shit, it's not a twenty-four. It's not a twenty-four, is, is it? It follows. It follows. Is not an a twenty-four. Uh, sure. This is his mad face. <laughs> <laughs> Smoldering lava. It, it may as well be, and you know that's true. I mean, it. If if I were being real, I would say this feels much more like an RLJE or um, Neon, maybe. Yeah, uh, I could see that production over A twenty four, but I could definitely see it fitting into that mix as well. But yeah, this was <clears throat> the Radius TWC. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a tough one. I think. Uh, we need to just move past this and start the <laughs> healing process because I'm hurt now Face. that Chris Face. did not like It Follows. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, um, but we'll get into a, a real big rabbit hole. If, if, if you guys ever get a Patreon, I'm happy to come on and just shit on that for a few hours. <sighs> Bonus content. wrong. I'll prove you wrong. I'll prove you wrong. I'll prove you have. (laughs) I'll prove to you that you actually like it. Yeah. He's going to grab his notebook on why that movie's so great behind him. We all like shitty movies. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I have this right here the like companions guide. He's pointing to his penis. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I took so many notes. I guessed it on a podcast called um, A Cut Above Horror Review. Check episode 37 in the archives where it we was, talked about it dude i prepped for like three weeks for that bitch dude like i was so psyched to talk about it and like other people so enjoyed it but i didn't listen to that episode for obvious reasons but <laughs> literally literally up until the moment that you went on that show i thought that you were just like trolling me with how much you like that movie i thought there's no way he actually likes this movie it's garbage but he's just trying to get my goat by telling me he likes it because it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I hated it just viscerally. And then when he goes on the show, I was like, he's serious. This is real. Yeah. And I went from like mad because it's garbage. Yeah. I went from just mad to dejected and sad for you. That's how I felt. That was, it's crazy that the, like we were diametrically opposed with the same negative viewpoint towards one another that's how i felt when you were like yeah it sucked <laughs> you said something shitty too like it fought you, oh, look it, at you. Swa- it swallows or something like that like just <laughs> nice that sounds something hilarious i would say that's um, so that's I, so arrogant yeah <laughs> screw off I yeah i don't remember saying that but it sounds like something shitty i would say i don't think you did but you you did have one little jab and you're all <laughs> like knowing <laughs> a knowing jab yeah that's no uh, you know looking back it was probably like it follows more like it fucking sucks yeah i think you were you were just like it sucked <laughs> I, was, I thought you were trolling me straight up for like five minutes i was like no he liked it just that's mexican funny. standoff we both think the other one's lying <laughs> you thought yeah. Steve was trolling you. You really thought he was gonna like that movie. I'm my my. It's a it's a it's, a, it's an allegory. It's a metaphor. <laughs> like yes, thank you. It's very clear. <laughs> I was. Not... It's like uh, we had we had an old coworker. Do you remember what story I'm gonna tell real quick? Who used about... to play uh, George Clinton all the time, and that shitty like <laughs> the dog catcher song. 
You know, Atomic, I, I, Atomic Dog by George yeah, Clinton and, like, and the Parliament chase, Funkadelic. Chase the cat. You know, it's yeah. like the dog. Okay, it's, it's such a terrible fucking song. Do and it goes dog, on forever. And he was like, it's, it's about getting pussy. Like, yes, I know. <laughs> it's very obvious. <laughs> yes. Men are... Men are dogs, cat, <laughs> pussy. Yep, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> very, very intellectually uh, deep. <laughs> that, that's a good pull. <clears throat> God. Just walking the dog. Yeah. Atomic. I, anyway, I I'd, back. Now I'm going to have to build to, an atomic dog. Uh, please bump, don't. So you're welcome. Back to how much uh, it follows sucks. That's yeah. your penance. That's your penance, um, dude. When I was a teenager and was about to get my first car, I wanted to get a hearse so bad. Really? <laughs> yeah, and that was before that I'd tracks. even seen like that was even before <laughs> I'd seen like Harold and Maude. And then when I saw that, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" I think any punk shit. kid into the Misfits dreamed about getting a hearse. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Oh man, that would have been so awesome. Yeah, it would. I can see it. I can picture it. <laughs> that reminds me of like a really old Iowa. It was. Uh, do you remember Iowa CD decks? And they they used to make boomboxes. It was like up there with like Panasonic, Magnavox. They had a fucking commercial one time, and it's uh, it's a dude driving, and he looks like he's driving a limo. They only show the front half, and it enters him on the freeway, and it's boom, boom, boom another one bites the dust and he's driving and people are waving at him and he's jamming out to the song in the front seat. And then as it pulls away at the end of the commercial, it shows him driving a hearse and they're playing mm. Queens. Another one bites the dust. And he's just like, yeah, like people on the freeway, are like honking their horns. I love that fucking anyway. Uh, I could see you like that. Just bumping some morbid shit. Well, yeah, except I would, <laughs> I would never listen to queen because they're, Fucking garbage. <laughs> so is David Bowie. Just trying to get Gwen as pissed off as possible. I have I have a trump card here where you're going to alienate both Chris and I if I bring up Prince. That well, that's not fair because it's like a local regional thing for uh, look one of at you him guys. backpedal. Yeah, right. Well, the native native son. Well, uh, he no, wants to unload. I've only lived here for like four years, so I don't. I, yes, I don't. I don't care for Prince very much. That's fine. <laughs> Dude, my See, wife, my Jim, wife hates that's Prince. How sh- it's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it follows heartbreak and tangent aside. <laughs> so, uh, getting into uh, Phantasm Two, um, what was your favorite part about this film, Steve? Do you have Me? a favorite? Se- did you have a favorite oh. sequence or? Particular- oh, easily my favorite part: uh, Chainsaw to the Dick. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Which I think is going to be my new uh, prog rock band yeah. title. <laughs> I like too how he, he uh, nightcaps that with blowing those like four like goblins away in one shot with the like he just like looks oh, down dude. the stairs and yeah. Let's the yeah. Quad well, let's talk about rad. that shotgun for a second because yeah, there's the montage of them breaking into I guess hardware slash. 
gun store gun shop yeah yeah and one of Which the things too i really like how quickly they go into this fucking montage i think it's inside the first 15 minutes and yeah like, that's one sure. thing i was like they're like let's go shopping i'm like yes i want this montage this early right now which normally the let's go shopping thing i wouldn't have thought anything about that because it's just like a common thing to say but since they like very obviously just like ripped lines from the the dune book in the first movie i was like oh is that a dawn of the dead reference where they say let's go shopping and then there's you know followed by that similar sequence of pillaging a store but anyway, oh, like my first point about this shotgun is I don't know if you guys notice this, but in the montage of him building it, he like has a mallet that he uses to like drive the handle through one of the barrels. I was like, well, you just fucked that up. That's not going to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. It seemed un unnecessarily elaborate. The process of putting these two shotguns together. It's like, just grab two shotguns. <laughs> and then he uses it once and fucking throws once. it away. <laughs> yeah. like you, have this in, you have this entire fucking bandolier of a hundred shotgun shells and yeah. you, you, you never use it. And then you do. And it's just chucked. And then the other guy, Mike yeah. in that montage, it's like, congratulations. You just invented a flamethrower, which is something that already existed, but you made yeah. it shittier. <laughs> I like all that shit. No, uh, I we, love we've it. Talked, yeah. We t- well, we've talked before about how we're both kind of suckers for those, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, armament montages like in yeah. Boondock Saints or whatever. And, yes. Uh, the Equalizer. And so, yeah, as soon as that happened, I'm like, and I'm in. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. <laughs> it's just like. No matter what happens. It's a trope that I love no matter how much sense it doesn't make, you know? Like, yeah. it was a thing, like. <laughs> in this time period of like that, that thing you were talking about 87 to 92, where it's like, it was usually the bad guy, but sometimes the good guys always had like, it was usually like the sub boss, like the henchman. He always had to have like some special weapon. Like, Oh, this guy, he uses a crossbow instead of a gun. (laughs) And I like, that's badass. Even though like a gun is way more effective than a fucking crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I always loved, uh, he was the main boss, but in Face Off, I always loved uh, Nick Cage's, those golden yeah, for dragon sure. head guns. Those were so fucking cool. Um, I want to take his face off. Off. Um, Speaking of which, uh, John Woo, that was one of the things I was thinking of specifically while going on that little tangent. Have you seen Hard Boiled? I have not, and I've meant to for such a long time. That's got Chow Yun Fat in it, right? That's like one of his. Indeed, it does. Big claims to fame. Well, like the sub boss in it has this super obscure pistol that is a like a single shot breakaway pistol, which is like, oh shit, so fucking stupid in terms <laughs> of like trying to kill a bunch of people. But you know, it's one of those things in the context of the movie. You're like, oh, this guy's a badass. Is it is it also like a little tiny like derringer or something? No, it's the barrel's probably a good like twelve inches. It's like some Jesus. weird fucking gun. <laughs> Half rifle pistol. Yeah, there's a I like I really like the one in um uh the dollars trilogy, the second one, Fistful of Dollars, when Lee Van Cleef, like he's got like a it's like a a chef's knives kind of like burlap like thing drawstring on his horse and he f- slips it and he's got like all kinds of like cool like 
like Western era guns. And there's a scene where he pulls out like a pistol and he adds on, like we talked about this before he adds on like the uh, bump stock to it. And he adds a little bit to it while this guy's running away. It's that's such a cool before anybody red pens you. It's like a, it's like a rifle stock, not like a a bump stock for anybody. Yeah. You know what? Send your emails in. Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, I kept wondering too with the quad shotgun. I was like, how is he pulling the trigger? Did he like wrap a fucking zip tie around both sets and he's like pulling it? Like, I don't anyway. think they ever really showed that part of the mechanism. There was one close up <laughs> where you could tell like they welded it all together, but I don't think they ever showed the trigger. Is he like putting his whole hand in like this and having like <laughs> pull it you back? Like your, you got to put your entire like index finger all the way through. But yeah, <laughs> um, I also I really love in one scene too. I was like trying to look; it was dark, and then I was able to make it out. Uh, Reg's hat when they're Boogie going down. to inspect boogie down i fucking oh, is that what it said <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's Hell so yeah. shitty like it's one of those things yeah. you could get at a kiosk at a mall where they have like those embroidery yeah. stands yeah it's this oh, cursive yeah. boogie down i was like god how did i not notice that before i love them even more um and then like that first scene when they go into that weird like basement area and you, another theme is of this is you can't tell if it's like a dream or did that really happen or but that chick who has the cloak on her and they pull it back and there's that fucking worm headed shit coming out of her back. Yeah. And I like there's this weird funny pause and then all of a sudden Reg is like get the fuck back and he fucking just yeah. starts torching it with the fucking uh with the flamethrower dude that part. Yeah, my thought my thought was like Get the fuck back! <laughs> yeah, my thought was like, well, if if the gal is still alive, why not just use the pistol that you have in your hand to shoot this weird little thing instead of torching them both? But yeah, Reg is like, no, dude, she's too far gone <laughs> to roast that whole fucking thing. Um, my favorite scene, re- like relating to the flamethrower, and I don't know if you guys thought this was funny or caught on to it at all, but there's a scene where they're staying at like that bed and breakfast and like the girl Liz just gets there and uh, Mike like lights a fire in the fireplace with his flamethrower. And she's like, wow. And he's like, he does that sniff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I fucking did that. That was dope. <laughs> I thought that was, yeah. Anyway, I got a Hemi Cuda. Yeah, and then thirty, and then thirty seconds later, they're like, "Well, I guess we should be uh, hitting the hay, hitting the hay." Like, yeah. she just lit a fire. Like, what are you doing? I like how quickly too that like it seems at least that Reg rebounds from his whole family getting slaughtered in an <laughs> entire house explosion. Like he has his moment, and then they're at the fucking funeral, and he's like, "Let's go, Mike. We got things to do." By the way, the fucking soundtrack. I love the soundtrack of this fucking it's film. It's a banger. Too. That, like, made yeah. that. But the thing is that. about his family, did they ever say what he meant by his entire family? That was unclear took, to me. He says, come on, I get, we got dinner waiting. Um, Celeste I made he, a I think he turkey. mentions, like, a wife. Okay. And, right. there's an, and then there's an aunt or grandma or somebody. And then. Somebody who, who refers to Mike came. as an uncle. So right, yeah, it's, probably, he, it's probably like his daughter that considers yeah. him like an uncle. 
I can't uh, remember the daughter's name, but he does say he's like he's like yeah, Celeste made a turkey, and uh, so and so has been uh, chomping at the bit talking about her uncle Mike and getting to see her getting to see him for the first time and all this stuff. So yeah, it definitely implies, I think at least his wife and one child and maybe an aunt or grandma who also I'm going to, I'm going to red pen you like and that. say that the phrase is actually champing at the bit. Is it's it true? It, yeah. it, it is really damn. This is like yeah. a quasi colloquial. So one to one. Red pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're all going to be fighting by the end of this episode. It's the most pedantic <laughs> podcast imaginable. Uh, what is it? He's a pedantic pontificating bastard. Pretentious bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a worthless old fart. A steaming pile of cow dung. Uh, Simmons the only other thing I would, Yeah. The only other thing I would say about the hardware store scene is, and I don't know why, but when they went to the cash register to open it, I was like, come on, don't take the cash too. Like you just stole all this shit. And then they put the money in there and I'm right back with them. Yep. That's, that just colors the, like the, uh, their character, you know, it's like, yeah, they're doing a bad thing, but they're not bad people. Yeah. They're doing the Lord's work. That reminded me of an old step-by-step episode where they do that. They go in and they forget like Christmas presents for the kids and they fucking raid this like toy store and he adds the money back, but then he still gets caught by the cops. I think he's like, no, 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 I was adding it to the till. <laughs> like, yeah, likely story guy. Um, that sounds yeah, like, like something that, that would happen in step-by-step. Yeah. yeah. It's, do you, yeah. do you guys remember? Uh, I don't know what, what age Chris is, but 34 when I was, okay. Okay. So we're the same age. So when I was a kid, there was this big deal about, there was some contest you could enter as a kid where you got like free reign of Toys R Us or something for KB five toys. minutes. Yeah. KB yeah. Toys. Like that. <clears throat> I don't think it was a specific contest. I think it was one of the frequent prizes for like some, yeah. one of the game shows on Nickelodeon or uh, something. Okay. Yeah, it was a tie-in, and you got, like, two minutes or three minutes, and you could do a mad dash of, like, fucking fill yeah. the card up. I, I remember just watching that, like, that must be so, like, I couldn't even fathom what that would be like to go through that. I always got pissed every time I saw one on TV. I was like, go behind the register for the fucking video games. Why aren't they? Yeah. They all get these shitty toys. It's like, no. Yeah, just they get put 12 a giant- Sega Genesis and sell them. <laughs> yeah. They put a and giant stuffed game Winnie in the, the Pooh in their cart. Like, wow, there goes 50% of your cart volume. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Glad this is your make-a-wish. Yeah, kids are stupid. What did you think of the tall man, Steve? Uh, very creepy. He looked like he was made out of clay. Yes. Like a dream. He wasn't as tall as I was expecting. Um yeah, very creepy. Like the first time you see him, it was a good, good reveal for me. Anyway, or first time I saw him. Yeah, he's a creepy motherfucker. Yeah, and more like I, slightly above average height, man. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Six four and a half. Yeah, uh, he is actually good pull. Really? Damn, that was just I just pulled it right out of the ether. Um, I've heard a lot of times, I've heard Joe Bob Briggs, really the only reference. I've heard, I guess this guy who plays the tall man, Angus Scrim, is just a, or he was, rest in peace, uh, a real peach of a man. Like he was just like, 
like super unassuming, super kind, like motherfucker, like the consummate professional on set. Like it just seems like a weird juxtaposition. You, I, I would picture him as just like a crouchy old fuck. And it's like, yeah, we got you as a gimmick. Like you're tall, you're creepy looking. You look like a fucked up demon mortician. He's <laughs> just like a really sweet man. Like Dude, even, even that, even that name, Angus Scrim, that's like just scary old man yeah. name. Yeah, I would like have always seen people say the same thing, and this time I actually like decided to look some stuff up about him. He has like I don't like a little bit of an accent and his name's Angus Scrim, so I was like, he's probably from somewhere, but no, like that's not his real name and he's from Kansas. Which oh, I never oh, would have I like I never would have guessed that. Oh. I got kind of like, I thought maybe it was like a Mennonite or like a Amish or something. I could see him like out in a field, like erecting a barn with like 30 other people, like in like an Amish, <laughs> like montage. Um, he was like an extra in witness, uh, which is a great film, by the way. Danny Gloves, witness Harrison Ford. Have you seen that one, Steve? No. Damn. I've never even heard of it. Lucas Haas, Kelly McGillis. See, so, so that would have been like a five on the gym scale of uh, <laughs> indignance. Yeah. Like, damn. Isn't that yeah, like fair. part of a trilogy or some shit? It's about like the same. No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. It's very much a standalone deal. Um, yeah. Danny Gloves actually plays a bad guy in that film. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, yeah, I think too. I, I I had a question for mainly for you, Chris. But um, yep. I know there's some it's there's some controversy about the recasting of our main one of our main characters, Mike. So Steve in this one, he's played by James Legro, who you may recognize from Point Break as Roach. Okay, I've seen it maybe once. Oh, yeah, he was another one like Reggie. Bannister, that's the actor's name too, right? Like actor and character, Reggie Bannister. Yeah. Yeah, I could have sworn I've seen him in something, but like Steve, I've seen Point Break once, and I've seen a bunch of movies he's in, but they're all like bit parts. Like he's in Zodiac, but I cannot place what character. He's like a cop. A oh, yeah. Cop. He is like a random like station clerk when like uh, Mark Ruffalo's like trying to like go through all those different counties and play in that fucking goat rodeo. He plays just like randomly. He's like the, the night watchman at the front desk. I was like, Oh shit, James Legro. He's also Steve will remember this. He played a character in a friend's episode where he goes out on a date with Phoebe and he's a real slime ball. And he's like, yeah, I got a PhD. And she's like, Oh, what's it in? And he's all pretty huge. And it like cuts. Like he's about to say pretty huge dick. Like he's trying to dick down Phoebe. Anyway, um, that doesn't sound familiar. What is the A story of that episode? Because that also doesn't sound super familiar. I honestly, I can't remember. That's like the I just remembered him, and I remembered, oh yeah, that's James Legro in a like a a throwaway scene in a Friends episode. But I can't pull what what hmm. the main story from that ep is. You know what? I hate to red pen you, but I think you're full of shit. That's I swear to God, dude. I put that on anything. I'll find it. It's it. It's post season five. It's got to be. Um, which this is boring people to tears. I bet this <laughs> James Legro tangent. But well, this, I know- this is just 
I, this I is think this is just going to turn it into like a beef episode. <laughs> We're all just fighting with each other. I don't think uh, he was. I, he is. But so they recast. I know. I, I don't know if this is what has. I didn't look into this, but the first Phantasm was made in 1979. Phantasm 2 was made in 1988. And nine years are supposed to have elapsed. And for one reason or another, they weren't able to get the guy who played the first Mike. I thought it was seven years. In the movie, they say seven. Oh, okay. I was adding real time. But anyway, yeah, they recasted him with the Mike we get in this film, played by James LeGros. And I know uh, it's pretty much sacrilege in phantasm circles, if you like, if you prefer second Mike. That Um, circle of five people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of like the uh, I like them equally in their own roles, but I don't know something about the dynamic between Phantasm Two, Mike and Reg. I liked that buddy cop story. So this. I think on Wikipedia it made it seem like it was uh, partially Don Coscarelli's decision. Like I think the way it was worded was the studio said they could only keep one of the two. And he chose Reggie, but on this little documentary thing that I watched, uh, and this was Don Coscarelli and Reggie saying this, so take that with a grain of salt, but it sort of absolved them of, you know, making the choice and saying it was pretty much the studio's decision on that point. Um, so they just passed the buck kind of. Yeah, what? I mean it. It's one of those things like you you'll never really know. But apparently, they they still let Michael Baldwin, the original Mike, audition for that part for the second one, and Brad Pitt also auditioned for that part, and Jeffrey oh, Tambor shit. auditioned for the part of Reggie. Holy shit! Interesting. That's crazy. You know so, Jeff Tambor? He's the he's the dad from uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what exactly is the relationship between Mike and Reggie? Just friends? So from the, in the first one, uh, one of the third main character is Mike's older brother who spoilers dies at the end of the first movie. And Reggie is like, uh, the brother's best friend. And it's implied at the end of the first one, like it's, it's kind of confusing, but basically Reggie becomes Mike's guardian after his brother dies. Okay. Because I think that they take out his, he says too, he, they mention in this like very beginning of Phantasm 2, they kind of flash back a little bit because you see the old Mike when he's like, boy, and he grabs him through the mirror. Yeah. He says they took, got mom and dad and his brother, what was his name? Jody. Uh, Jody. That's right. Um, so yeah, I was confused about this on this watch too. I couldn't quite place it because it's been so long, but yeah, it seemed like a, friend of the family kind of deal okay and he was an ice cream man and i think they bring yeah. that theme up later like he's wearing this, like old-timey ice cream man he ends up looking just like colonel sanders really, <laughs> like, in a white suit with that like like that weird tie mississippi like string little... tie is that what that's called uh-huh. okay yeah <laughs> yeah he definitely he looks like a young colonel sanders <laughs> well, yeah they made they they made reference later to like failed ice cream guy. And he's like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, he's like, he's like, you're just like a bald middle-aged ice cr- ex ice cream, man. He's like, dude, cut me deep, bro. Yeah. Too low. Was the priest in the first one? Cause I was a little confused. He was not. 
Damn. Because if you'll remember, he's like in Paragord, Oregon, which is where they're driving to in the movie. Yeah, because when they first showed him, I I don't know if I missed something or not, but, you know, they first show him like freaking out at the funeral and he stabs the guy and I couldn't really quite figure out why he did that. And then he's like drinking. Like, did I miss some foreshadowing of something or explanation behind I don't think you missed anything. It's just all pretty much nothing is like explicitly ever stated in this. But what I kind of thought is like, you know, that town is a ghost town at this point. He's like one of the last people there. So he's just kind of seeing this town slowly die. And as he's as he's seen that he's become privy to like what's going on behind the scenes with the tall man and all that. Gotcha. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense now that you say that. Because, yeah, there's like nobody fucking left in town. If he's doing all these funerals and then he sees all these bodies being taken by the super creepy two mortician dudes. Yeah. When that one guy chopped his hand off. Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) I love that part. Yeah, that part's then it that starts getting pretty wild, and they put they start uh, pushing on the gas pretty, like when the the end when that the silver sphere thing comes out of his mouth and it's still like yeah doing shit yeah, which is funny because like it just it just bored through a solid metal door, but it reached his (laughs) mouth and it's like I just cannot continue (laughs) any any further. Yeah, shout out to that guy. That was a great piece of physical acting. Just the way he made it seem like his body had been completely hollowed out, and he was just like a shell and just slumped to the floor. Totally. That yeah that that part was awesome. Yeah, that's a staple of the series. Are those weird little demon sphere things that suck the life out of people? That I think. I mean. I wouldn't say it's a great effect, but I think no, I the, thought the, the budget that they have, I think some of the camera angles that they they're able to achieve with it are pretty fun. Uh, I don't know if it's a blatant like predator ripoff to have that fucking like <laughs> heat seeking like vision thing going on with it. But I thought the same thing. And it was like one of those things where I normally would have not thought anything about it, but knowing the history of like ripping things off wholesale, I, I it's just like so many little things i'm like is that are they stealing from this yeah (laughs) well and it didn't make Uh, sense like does it have a target or is it just seeking heat you know because i feel like the first time it hit somebody it was targeted and then the second time it was like a police dog that just got let off the leash and it's like who's ever in front of me i'm gonna fucking attack (laughs) yeah Exact same thing happens in the first one, actually, where it's just like, all you have to do is duck out of the way, and it's just going to kill the nearest thing. Oh, that's fun. But I did like that this one introduces the golden sphere, which is always a fun thing for me, because it it just reminds (laughs) me of, like, those side-scroller beat-em-up arcade games. Like, you're playing Ninja Turtles, and it's like, oh, this Foot Clan Ninjas, he's white instead of purple. So I, you right. got to hit him like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> this is the boss sphere. Yeah. I think the more you try to like examine, like, cause there's like dream logic shit going on. And then there's like stuff they don't really explain. And like, like the, uh, the rules around some of the supernatural shit. And I think in the film too, they talk about like, like the, the main girl, what's her name? Liz, the yeah. blonde. She's talking about like, does he exist in like a separate plane? Like, is he like 
supernatural like a ghost like you don't really know what's going on and then you get that weird like it almost seems like a parallel like beetlejuice dimension once they get into the morgue where he gets like sucked reg gets sucked out for a little bit and pulled back in and like how exactly like does like this reanimation shit and like the embalming like gimmick that he has work you know like it's it's kind of weird like and it doesn't explain a lot and like they drop you in like oh okay yeah the priest he's like kind of in cahoots helping him harvest bodies and but he's got a guilty conscience like that just seemed like very like they just thought about it real quick and like jammed it into the movie and like let's go let's get mm-hmm. reg and, and mike here for the final showdown and uh it is very it's it's got a weird flavor for sure oh, yeah and he's he's digging up empty caskets but then in the mortuary they're showing them burning people in their caskets yeah, there's just like a lot of, I don't know. Am I the only one who, when they first picked up uh, Alchemy or Kimmy or whatever they called her for short, like from the beginning, I was like, this bitch is going to kill somebody. Like, she looks evil. And, <laughs> and then when she was like physically attracted to such a homely person, it's like, this can't, this is either going to be extremely unbelievable or she's working some angle and then when they were they had their weird like sex scene i was like she's she has to kill him right now this has to be like a black widow (laughs) honey pot honey dick situation (laughs) and then he just leaves like oh there's no way that she's just like a regular character and then when she came back and everything that happened happened it was satisfying but uh did you guys see that coming or i mean was it pretty obvious to you too or I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Part of it was like, oh, they're adding to like the legend of Reg and like he's just with his confidence and his cool like he's bald ex ice cream man, he gets creepy. pussy. <laughs> yeah. Also creepy. creepy. Also creepy. But then yeah, it was like 50-50, but like yeah, this has to be like a Black Widow kind of situation. And it reminded me too of I don't th- I don't know if you've ever seen Halloween 3 season of the witch, Steve, but there's a there's a character like that is like kind of doting on Tom Atkins, the whole movie. And it's like, he's like 30 years, her senior. It's like, why is she tagging along? If if this time around watching it was like, Oh, this reminds me of like that scenario because at the end of that, she turns out to be like a fucking like heat seeking, like robot, like assassin thing that he has to fucking dispatch. So it's pretty similar. There's robots in, in Halloween three. Yeah, that's it's kind of fucking spoiler, weird, but it is super weird. But it's a lot of fun. I I like it a lot. Mm, I know neat. it's it's very right now to be like Halloween three was actually good. Like I've I don't want to be one of those people. Who's like I've always liked it. It's like I always thought it was yeah. fine. I like enjoy it. I think the I always thought the soundtrack was fucking really awesome, and it was just different because I'm not the biggest fan of Michael Myers, so. It didn't really. I like the first me. one. The first the one first was good. Halloween. Yeah, the first yeah. one was great. I even yeah. liked. I liked the second one a fair bit too. But uh, I just I I treat three like it's a separate thing, which is what it was kind of intended to be anyway. Uh, and I think if you can go, if you like Tom Atkins, that's a plus for you. Uh, and if you can just enjoy it on its own merit, um, then it's fine. But yeah, anyway, that that whole the alchemy and Reg. 
dynamic and her kind of coming in, it, it mirrors kind of Halloween three a little bit, at least for me. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of didn't think that much about it because I was just sort of along for the ride. And it's just like in movies and TV, the there's i mean that's just a common thing like women are always way hotter than the man like you watch fucking (laughs) king of queens or that jim belushi show and they have like hot wives and you're like and that my wife is is way hotter than me so (laughs) that's the that was the exact example i was thinking of when i was watching it like are they are they doing like a king of queens thing where this unattainable couple you know it's super unrealistic so it's funny you say that yeah. yeah, but I mean, going back to the weird flavor you were talking about, Jim, that's actually one of the things I kind of really liked about these first two movies as I was rewatching them is like it's it's open to imp- interpretation, but at the same time, it's like so vague that it doesn't have like it doesn't inspire the same sort of speculation as something like Inception or Lost Highway. Right. Like you can't really argue it. You know, whatever you guys say about this movie, I wouldn't be able to be like, no, you're wrong. And you're wrong because of ABC. I would just be like, yeah, totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like a a buddy comedy road, like cop movie with like some horror, some weird like, uh, you know, physical effects, like gross horror vibe all that whole stew i think uh and yeah like they don't play it like super hard on like the lore or like um like themes or anything like this is like a kind of like four on the floor you're along for the ride enjoy it at face value stupid fucking kind of light splatter fest action romp and uh that's that's how i took it how it hit me and how I like to enjoy it that way. And I think trying to do anything differently um, is folly, you know, because um, it, it's just not and it's blatantly obvious, too. It's not that it's not that kind of film. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's fun, though. It's not completely without like merit. Yeah, or, very you're just fun. not going to examine it like you would with something with a little bit more substance. But all right. Anybody, you guys got any final thoughts about this one? I know, like, I just went on that diatribe about how it's not the deepest movie in the world, but um, anything to sum up what you thought or I mean, if you recommend a, a it? A guy gets a chainsaw to the dick. What else do you need to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I like, to that scene where he's like, ah, I got to go, babe, to alchemy after they have that weird quasi-sex scene. Um and he's got the chainsaw just hanging like on the coat rack, like right by the bedside. And he just grabs it and he runs down the stairs with his chainsaw. Like I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene was actually when the tall man died. I love a good melting effect. Yeah, that was, it was awesome. pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. And the gross like goo. That yellow shit when he like touches his tongue with it. That part fucking got me. I was like, oh, so gnarly. But yeah, they definitely leave it open ended um, towards the end. And I, I, from what I've heard, and I did a brief research, like it looks like uh, the third entry kind of picks up like immediately after this. So somehow, like Reg is like 
he's just like licking his wounds, I'm assuming. And like, it's like he just got a couple scratches and then he's back for like the duration of the franchise. But yeah, he huh. does get fucked up pretty bad at the end I of this one. didn't remember that the third one also picked up at the end of this one, but that is one thing that I really like. And beyond that, I like that. It, it sounds weird, but it's something that franchises don't really do often where the, these movies really like consider the consequences of the previous movie. Like they're written from a standpoint of what would happen. What would logically follow from what happened in the first movie? Um, I don't know. It's kind of it's a thing I talk about a lot, but it's kind of hard to explain. Like, you know, there's. Like in every Marvel movie, there's like a catastrophic event where like the world almost ends. But then the next one, it's like a a hard reset. Like they act like that just never happened or like you don't see like the societal fallout of that. And that's something I appreciate about this franchise is that you do get to see that. And slowly starting with this one, it's like the tall man sort of take taking over everything and. I guess in this one, it's like the state of Oregon is completely fucked and that just sort of spreads out and you get to see, you know, a certain verisimilitude. Okay. I love that word. Not sure what it means. <laughs> it means um, truth likeness. <laughs> I love it. Can I ask two really stupid questions? For sure. Is 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 what you're referring to something that this might... This could either be categorized under the weekly I'm really fucking stupid corner or maybe Gwen's colloquial corner. But have you guys uh, heard the expression retcon? Yes. Yes. Okay. So would that be kind of what you're talking about? Where after the fact, they're like, well, we're just going to kind of go back and explain something that happened before to to kind of make everything homogenous or continuous is that right or it's not even so much a retcon because retcon is like uh, i believe it's shorthand for retroactive continuity like they just change it like oh it was never peter parker it was actually some other guy but more so what most franchises tend to do is just uh i mean imagine like friday the 13th you know 30 count camp counselors just got murdered but then the next year, a bunch of people are still signing up to be camp counselors there. Like they never actually sit down and think of like in the yeah. real world, <laughs> if this happened, what would the consequences be and how okay. would people act afterwards? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Second stupid question. My... I don't even remember. That's how dumb it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, uh, so. At the beginning, when they're kind of doing the recap of the previous movie, they show the house exploding. And then when he's in the mental asylum, they say, like, that wasn't real. Like, okay, well, then the house exploded again. So was it the same house? Different house? It was different, different house. That was Reg's house with his yeah, family kinda, in it. It kind of looked like the same house. But, uh well there was two houses i think that was him just flashing back in his head the way he remembered it but he's still he's having to stuff that away to like get out of the mental institution and then reg is like Mm -hmm. no that didn't happen man that was like you know 
that was in your dreams. Your brother Jody died in a car wreck. You know, like that's the other thing. Like you can't like Mike is somewhat of an unreliable narr- narrator. Like you can't. It never spells it out like clearly. It's like okay. Yeah, I mean, face face value. It's like yeah, it happened. And but all these other force supernatural weird forces are conspiring against Mike, and he's questioning it. So by by extension, we're questioning like is the shit that he's dreaming really happening, or or is it not? Is it just a dream? But then now when we pick up in Phantasm Two, Reg's family dies. It's like okay, now we're back in reality. But then they have like another like. Uh, there's a couple other scenes that you're not really sure. Like that part where he's like, get the fuck back. And they see that Liz character who comes up later. Was he just dreaming that with that fucking weird thing coming out of her back? Or was it like a facsimile that the tall man created to look like her? I don't know. Um, yeah. That's the thing about these movies in general is like, it's all dream logic, but you kind of just get to decide for yourself what is or isn't a dream. Cause it's, it's never like, the way it is in most movies where it's like, oh, there's some shit going on and then cut, boom, he wakes up. It was all a dream. Like gotcha. there's a valid argument that the entire franchise is a dream. Right. It's, it's kind of just like whatever is most fun for you to believe is what you can believe. All right. So I guess that'll, that'll wrap us up for phantasm here. So uh, it sounds like we got another winner here. You liked this one. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. definitely. Coolio. Did you have any other trivia on this one, Chris, or any any last words before we sign off here? Um, I don't think so. Uh, have you guys been watching? I know that there's a lot, quite a lot in the horror realm, uh, specifically that's come out recently. I just watched uh, the Hellraiser reboot on Hulu that just came out. I think like a week ago, and I, I liked it pretty okay. Um, it was decent, I would say. I know you probably didn't check that out, Steve. Chris, did you see <laughs> I've that? Never, I've never seen any Hellraiser. Any of the Hellraisers? You didn't yeah, randomly no. decide to watch the 11th entry <laughs> in a franchise? Yeah. Surprisingly not. <laughs> no, I did watch it. And my thoughts were basically like, it's kind of, if it weren't a Hellraiser movie, it's just sort of whatever. But I think in the context of the franchise, I I don't think it was very good mainly because of the way they dealt. Well, I don't know. It's, it's so, it's such a new movie. I don't, I feel like I don't really want to spoil it, but I, I, the lament configuration seemed to have a sort of sentience to it mm-hmm. rather than just being a gateway. And I think that that is sort of fundamentally at odds with the way Clive Barker wrote the Hellbound heart. There wasn't a whole lot of solving of it. It seemed to solve itself for the most part. Yeah, that's that's a better articulation too. Um, anyway, I don't want to get into Hellraiser, but I, I thought it was cool. I, are you a big Hellraiser franchise guy, Chris? I've or? seen all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not particularly like you're not uh, the biggest fan. So of- I do really like them. Uh, not as much as you know, certain other people, but I like the first five movies, which is more than most people like. Uh, I think it's generally acknowledged that after the second one, all of them are dog shit. Yeah. But I like the first five. 
Is the fifth one the one with Craig Sheffer that was yes. directed by Scott Derrickson? Okay. I'll almost meet you halfway. I I like the first four like a lot. And then I'm kind of fifth I'm of two minds about the fifth one. Um and I think it colored kind of my interpretation or my enjoyment of it when I found out later on that Scott Derrickson did direct it, uh, in the positive. But um yeah, I like three and four a lot. They're like so bad they're good to me and it's just like cheese that is my brand um but yeah they do get a lot of flack <laughs> when we were watching the new one i was just like when are they gonna bring back the cd throwing cinnabite like where is yes. it, where's the one with a camera or the one that's yeah. just a fucking bartender yeah. <laughs> yeah the camera head is probably to me the most redonkulous one in the whole series but um, I'm actually one of the people too that I, I enjoyed the second one more than the first. I like that one a lot. Leviathan's, uh, I got, I have a lot more enjoyment for it, but yeah, I um, could definitely see that it's more balls to the wall in certain yeah. aspects. Yeah. Our same friend we were talking about, uh, Mr. Mace weirdly like he like he, he he like he had that anecdote we talked about earlier in the show and then he always would talk about how like his favorite film was the coal miner's daughter <laughs> and then he'd follow it up and say like oh yeah i just watched hellraiser 2 last night i forgot how much i love that fucking film like it's just such a weird juxtaposition for a human to have those <laughs> yeah so i remember uh it was one of the recent episodes where it was like Steve was talking about some quote unquote lame thing that he likes where there's just no explanation. I don't remember specifically what it was. And then there's that coal miner's daughter thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and off the air, we were talking about how was, I was in Vegas and saw David Spade. But can you guess who the headliner of that was? Who was like a bucket list? I have to see this person. Uh, I have a fuck. guess. Shoot, oh, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, fuck Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I Celine Dion. <laughs> no. Can you tell us what casino? Um, that was <laughs> that was at the Mirage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hold so me saw David Spade red. at the Mirage, and was the performer you were there to see a musical act? It was another comedian, Tom Segura. No, I mean, I feel like that probably would track if people are like, oh, yeah, I could see him liking that. It's harder for you, Steve, not knowing anything about me. Um, Margaret Cho. <laughs> Ray Romano, just the oh, most wow. boomer comedian celebrity yeah. you can think of. <laughs> I'm surprised you cr- didn't play it because uh, Brad Garrett has a comedy club. He, at, uh, he sure does. And I saw the signs and I was like, holy shit. M- Clash M- of the M- Titans, M- Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> but that's that's definitely my like lame thing that I'm super into is everybody loves Raymond. Oh really? Oh, good for you. <laughs> I never I never got on the Ray train. That's for sure. Well, that's Am because for- you're below the age of sixty. <laughs> I I am a big Peter Falk fan. I I do like him a good amount. Um, the only thing I know him from is uh, Scared Straight. I've never seen anything with him in it other than that. I liked him as he put in... Who the fuck uh, is Peter Falk? Is that Columbo. The, the, 
Or oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. What's what's the <clears throat> dad? What's the grandpa? The Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Sorry, I totally damn. Get my Jim is just getting off. fucking bodied this <laughs> no. entire episode. Hey, I also that makes it two to one. I also do like Peter Falk, though. Let it be known, Columbo is a fucking badass show. Ooh, but, look at how uh, yeah. mad he is. <laughs> no, Peter Boyle. He, <laughs> Peter Boyle played um, uh, what's his face? Um, Frankenstein the, monster. Yes, yes, he did play that. Uh, but in um, was he also one of Phoebe's boyfriends? No, <laughs> fucking asshole. You love Friends way more than I do. So don't try I do. To, fucking um what it, it is a good show <laughs> no uh fear and loathing uh benicio del toro's character peter boyle played his character in a earlier hunter s thompson vehicle called <clears throat> where the buffalo roam where bill murray plays hunter s thompson that was later played by johnny depp in fear and loathing where the buffalo roams a banger i like it a lot but peter boyle the dad from fucking ray played his legal counsel raul i can't remember the fuck his name but um he's real good in that too hell yeah r.i.p did he pass away damn that sucks he sure did uh oh hey one thing before we we cut out here too i i remember you you mentioned it you were like yeah i like more like weird shit like uh can't remember what it was and then you mentioned brotherhood of the wolf and Mm. i was like I got caught in the moment we started talking about other <clears throat> shit, but I wanted to touch on that. Steve, have you ever seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? What do you think? Hey, Steve, it have you ever seen this French ones. action movie from the early 2000s? <laughs> well, hey, I, I was holding on to the fact that Mark Dacascos is in it, and I thought maybe. Oh, yeah. Him. No, I have no idea. <laughs> 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 Mark Dacascos from American Iron Chef? Yes, I've seen that movie. Oh, yes. Of course. Why didn't you start with that? Yeah, that's <laughs> that was my folly. Um Yeah, Brother of the Wolf. I love that fucking movie. I think do you think Steve would like it based on limited interactions? I mean, do you like the Matrix, Steve? It's okay. I would say maybe he wouldn't like it because I haven't seen it in a while, but from memory, it's like two and a half hours long. It is pretty long. It's in French, I, and it just... I thought I thought you hadn't seen The Matrix. I haven't, but it is one of those movies that came out <laughs> in the post-Matrix wave that is very like... I mean, we're going to do bullet time, but in revolutionary France with werewolves type shit. No. No, thanks. <clears throat> No, I don't think that's I mean, a good sell of it. Hey, hey w- check this out. Have you seen The 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas? No. <laughs> Fuck. That, I'm thwarted. Okay, so that's a seven on the gym <laughs> angry scale. I, I honestly think you'd really like 13th Warrior. And then I was thinking if you yeah, did like that. Yeah, the scale checks out. We can get there. We can get there to Brotherhood <laughs> of the Wolf via... 13th warrior and, if you Antonio like Banderas. Yes. Um Quigley Down Under liked it. You did? Yeah, that's a good flick. Uh, yeah. I picture you as a big man from Snowy River or like uh what's that other one with fucking Tommy Lee Jones Lonesome Dove? Like you've you've watched the whole thing with your grandfather before while he passes out. <laughs> 
in the recliner? Uh, no, he's dead. So, well, when you were younger, asshole. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Anyway, I I thought that that might be a good one in the future. Uh, if you ever wanted to come back on for something else, that would be that would be a fun one. Fuck you. Um, I mean, I'll talk about anything. <laughs> right on. What are you referring to exactly? It's the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Or, I mean, while we're on the subject of Tommy Lee Jones, if you ever want to watch Man of the House, I'm down to... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Man of the House, wasn't that... Um, they did a Jonathan sequel. At- Taylor Thomas and... That's an that's another one called Man of the House. Yeah, with Chevy Chase and Farrah Fawcett. Did you just say, you Chevy, say Chevy Chase? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little tuned up. Is it Chevy or is it Chevy? Like it's Chevy's? definitely not Chevy. No, okay. <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> but no, to answer your question, Man of the House is uh, much like the Iowa stereo commercial that Jim was talking about. Is something that lives rent free in my mind uh, (laughs) because it's a movie where he is like, I don't know, works at the University of Texas and becomes like in charge of a sorority or some shit. And they like it's one of those ones that had a huge ad campaign and the commercial was like some woman telling like, show me a happy face. And he goes, this is my happy face. Yeah, (laughs) dude. Totally. Never fucking yeah. seen the movie, but I still remember that. <laughs> God. I remember yeah. that too, and I had no idea what you were talking about five seconds ago. I don't care. <laughs> I wish I had that bump right now. Uh, no, we will <laughs> never discuss that. I think my wife loves that film. Either that or the fucking blind side. Dude, you know what I found out the other day? This is a really hard left turn to Albuquerque here, but um, my wife made me watch goddamn fucking Hope Floats with Sandra Bullock and uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? He played Will Smith's homie, Harry Connick Jr. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff. I was going (laughs) to guess either like Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney, who I think are the same person that I have no like Dude, that I cannot is a, separate that is a weird one because I think the same way there's actually a bit there, on King of the Hill about that oh is oh, there really? yeah it's something their names are not similar but they're I think kind they're of Irish like, is that what it is maybe that's the connection they both have punchable faces <laughs> yeah um, okay, so yeah, this super side tangent. So I had to watch Goddamn Hope yeah. Floats, which <clears throat> it wasn't that bad. But guess who directed <laughs> this motherfucker? Forrest. Okay, so Hope Floats is Whitaker? like a chick. Yes, it's like a chick flick. Like this chick's down on her luck. Her wife, his, her husband's around Gump. on her. He has. She has to move in back with her mom. It takes place in the south. It's not what this you would picture this guy directing, but it's directed by Forrest, the G.I. fucking Whitaker directed this film. And it like blew my brain in half. I was like, how, how in the world did he direct this film? All the shit he's been in and associated with, it just blew my fucking mind. I think that's what we would call a cash grab. It, but it doesn't though. It seems like a more like it didn't a make money. 
it, 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 it feels like more like a passion project. And then I found out later, I went on to look at what else is this motherfucker directed? He's directed a Whitney Houston, um, music video, hope floats waiting to exhale. What Angela Bassett. Wait, what Whitney Houston video? Exhale. Shoop. Shoop. Okay. So it almost sounds like his vision is off. Very good. Yes. Metaphorically. Because he has a lazy eye. And literally. And then the other thing, then my wife made me watch fucking First Daughter with Katie Holmes, which, God. I Made you? I wanted to ma- melon ball my <laughs> eyes out watching this film. But then he directed that film, too. It's like, <laughs> what? Why is Forrest Whitaker directing all these shitty films? And they're yeah, not even I think like he's shitty, just fucking weird. He has it, a weird has energy on screen. He does. And I, I always remember him really well from like the first thing I think of is Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. So it's an even weirder, like, um, these rival worlds that he's existing in. It just blew my fucking mind. But um, for me, it's Bloodsport. <laughs> for me it's for me it's fucking phone booth which really shows the range between all of us <laughs> oh wait this might be one of the ones i might have a gym moment have you seen blood sport steve no oh fuck you're a, you're a van damme fan you haven't seen it's fucking a, blood sport this, this is, is like JCVD. a cvd this is like a yeah. nine or a ten i i haven't dude i haven't it's one of those movies when it sh- no matter what time I tune in, when it's on TNT, I'm watching that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, so this is like this is right. like well, a because a I trust your opinion. Because I trust your opinion, Chris. Hey. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and check that out immediately. It is the best Van Damme movie. You've seen Street Fighter, right? I have, so, and yeah. that is also that's top five. Yeah. I will echo Chris's sentiment on Bloodsport, although I'm I'm partial to Kickboxer just by nostalgia. That's the first one I watched. I like Kickboxer a lot. I think you'd like that one too, Steve. But yeah, Bloodsport is a must-watch, especially yeah. for a self-professed. Professed, uh, I love uh, Bloodsport. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Chris, what's your what's your opinion on Kickboxer? Because I'm going to defer to you on this one. I haven't seen it, but it has Van Damme in it. It's easily an eight out of ten. It's a lot of fun. Okay. If you, that. it's, it, I feel like they're almost interchangeable. Like if you like one, you automatically like the other. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, Van Dam is like uh, Bloodsport, and then oddly, like Sudden Death. That's one that flies under the radar, but I fucking love that movie. Yeah, is that the one Natasha Henstridge, and it's the uh, takes place in a hockey arena. I don't remember if she's in it, but it does take place in a hockey arena. Or it's Natasha Richardson. I can't. I I think I mix up those two. People. I don't know who that the gal is from Species, but um, yeah, that is a good low flying John Claude as well. I always really like Hard Target when he plays like that Creole fucking like, <laughs> assassin, and he's got the mullet and Wilford Brimley's in it, and he shoots arrows on a horseback. He that punches really a snake too. in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hit parade. Um, cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, you can reach us at waxing the porpoise, uh, 
uh, email us wax at waxing the porpoise or Instagram waxing the porpoise or at Twitter at waxing the porp. Um, Chris, thank you very much for coming on again. It's, it's been a yeah, lot of thanks, fun man. and remind uh, the fine folks where they can find channel 83 too. Uh, channel 83 dot video. If you want to listen to the old episodes of my podcast or at channel 83 pod on Twitter. Boom. Yeah, check it out. He's got a lot of cool shit, and especially, too, here in the run-up to uh, Halloween, he's got a a lot of good content if you're into horror, obscure stuff, and then uh, he's done some, like, 30 30 movies in 30 days for Halloween, some some cool stuff to to add to your bag of tricks. Um, Yeah, thanks for coming on again. We'll have to have you on uh, on a future episode as well. Maybe Brotherhood of the Wolf. And you were saying too, like, I feel like my track record as evidenced by this podcast, I'm, I'm going pretty strong here coming off another win here with phantasm too. So just let that sink in. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Cool. So (laughs) all we're, we're all good now. We can put a, put aside the red pen. Um, all right. Yeah. Beef squash. All we're doing beef squashed. Uh, we'll be back next week with a mystery episode because I don't have the fucking sheet in front of me. So we'll talk about something. I think we're doing Beetlejuice. Yeah. We're doing Beetlejuice. That's going to be our, our final horror Halloween ode salvo. We'll we'll finish on a, on a strong note, I think, with a crowd pleaser in Beetlejuice. Uh, and then after that, then we're going to get we're going to get back onto like quote unquote normal show routine where we'll kind of be mixing in movies that are not horror centric. Um, and then also some, some unsolved, uh, unexplained cases. And I got a, a couple kind of stacked up that are, uh, I'm chomping, champing, champing. Yep. God, <laughs> totally fucking blew that one, uh, to get at. So well, that'll be back in the normal rotation uh very shortly too so thanks for joining us again thank you again to chris steve you guys all can i just say before before we cut out i feel like we got to give a shout out to uh the oh yeah 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 Yeah, you want to hit us a couple pals of ours at ghoulish university podcast had us on their show and it was awesome they probably regretted (laughs) they probably regretted (laughs) inviting us on Oh damn! I, it, I listened to the gym episode, but I didn't know there was a second episode. Yeah, they're probably they're probably editing things that I said out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was that bad. But I think really for time, we ended up. I think it was like four hours and fifteen fucking minutes total. Elapsed. Oh yeah, I remember. Jesus, was, yeah. Long, Dude. And you should you should cut this and put it at the beginning because people have probably already. Uh, tuned out yeah tuned out but, uh, <laughs> it was awesome they were all super fucking cool yeah and it was fun yeah so yeah, listen was... to their shit yeah ghoulish university you can find them on any of the major podcatchers out there look them up on the internet so they have a social uh presence they normally they cover um Tales from the Crypt episodes in sequence. I think they're somewhere midway through season two, but they asked us, Steve and I, if we'd like to come on for their Halloween special, their little hoot nanny where they covered VHS two. So by virtue of that, we went over um, each segment of VHS two and we had five people on the mic. So yeah, we were rip roaring and fucking tangent seeking. Um, 
but it was a, it was a ton of fun. I think they're like two weeks behind on uh, releasing, so that'll be out in a couple weeks. We'll we'll promote that too once we get closer to that episode dropping. But yeah, check them out in general. They have uh, they have a good time, and uh, thank you very much to them for having both Steve and I on. That was a fun one for sure. Um, fuck, I I was thinking of something while you were going on about that, but um, yeah. I can't remember. I'm I'm struggling to grasp what what it was. It's probably um, all that Jim Beam you were slamming, man. You took that like a man. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, honestly, I didn't drink that much of it. Is that what you're drinking? Yeah, a fifth. I, I had about no. This is a pint. I had about a half a pint. I got a little toasty. I can't seem to break my like. Jim I had Beam. a gross. Yeah, I had a really. I it's like that when I was telling you on um uh fuck what is it old school Wolf Arrow's like I had a great time and everyone was like we, yeah we know, <laughs> we know you, you had, had a great, great time, time Frank <laughs> yeah I got a little I got <laughs> when I guessed it on Ghoulish University when we were doing the cutting cards I got I got pretty fucking tuned up and I had a really fucking fun time and so ever since then I've been trying to chase that dragon so I mix in like a beer or two and a couple fingers of whiskey, um, <laughs> a belt while I, if yeah. you will, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while I record. And it seems to be like the, uh, the perfect mix, like this, the secret sauce, um, little liquid courage. Let's see. I'm curious about this one. Have you ever seen jaws? I don't think so. Oh, fuck. Like I said in the first episode we did together, I can relate to that because even though I'm a huge horror fan, I didn't see Jaws till like two years ago. I didn't see it till later in life either. I actually saw Orca first. As Orca, lad. Fucks that freaked me hard. the fuck out. Yeah, it does. Orca's awesome. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> Orca's rad as fuck. But yeah, I saw it later, and I actually I like Jaws more. I think of it more on the same wavelength of like ET. And like poltergeist, even like it's like there's something about it that I I like in a different way. Like it, I never got like you know people watch it. My mom's deathly afraid of fucking sharks and going in the water because that's it's like Exorcist when people saw it when it came out. It was this big cultural thing, you know. But yeah. I like Jaws for different reasons. But I just watched it again for probably only the second or third time because it's a good summer horror flick. It's right in that yeah. season, and but yeah, it's and it's Spielberg too. So, but it's it's really fucking good. On those Damn, two, like uh, Exorcist scared the shit out of me. I think I've told this story on a couple podcasts before, but I was raised Catholic, and I think there was like a 25th anniversary re-release to theaters for Exorcist. So I probably would have been like 13, and on the way to the theater, my parents very like stoically explained like this is a thing that can happen to you <laughs> demons are, like demons are out there they, so that movie i i was actually probably about nine that movie scared the shit out of me when i was a kid but yeah. you know i don't obviously don't believe in any of that anymore so but that'll always kind of be with me when i'm watching it and then jaws i watched during the pandemic and a huge part of the plot is the mayor just like denying its existence. So I was like, Oh, that's accurate. Yeah. It, it took on way more significance, uh, through that lens. Yeah. For sure. 
And, and I had the same experience with The Exorcist where we've talked about it before, but like growing up in a religious house, they, they literally told you like this movie could affect you spiritually and, and kill you if you're not careful. And it's like a Ouija board, like, okay, well, like you're opening yourself up to that. Yeah. Kind of shit. Like Catholics are fucking, we went to see passion of the Christ because it was our duty to make sure that the box office for that, like <laughs> proved a point of some, of some sort. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Like literally the priests, Hey, go see passion of the Christ. Damn. That's crazy. And like the story that you hear of like someone like fainting in the theater fucking happened in the theater I was in. Like God. EMS came in and wheeled some dude out when I was in there because it was all churchgoers and they just like were overcome watching <laughs> Jesus be flayed with a cat of nine tails. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I can totally see Exorcist even not being a growing up in a religious household. If I would have seen it just earlier in my life, it would have a way different impact. But I think on our last Exorcist three episode I talked about, I didn't see it until I was like thirty three. Just one that I always just totally missed, and I, f- I felt like it was almost overkill. Like I didn't I didn't need to see it. Like I already knew enough about like possession, and I've seen the clips of the head spinning around and the spider walk down the stairs, even though I found out later that wasn't in the original cut. So I like more of like the background lore than the movie yeah. and the exorcist one itself. But also it's, it's another, it's like two and a half hours long. And like the first hour is like nothing. And yeah, as I get older, anything over 90 minutes, I'm just like, fuck this. Yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preaching to the choir here. Oh, God, I could not agree more. I'm kind of a sucker for two hours. If it's a good, like, like the benchmark for me is like Zodiac, like something like that. That's two and a half hours. That's like engrossing. That's the kind of like long player that I like. But it's just, I mean, they very rarely are that engrossing. Like I remember the new Dune movie I watched in theaters or with my dad or what i think it was on hbo max or some shit and i liked it and then the second time i was just like holy shit this is fucking long it is i like doing quite a bit but i watched it piecemeal also because it was on hbo max and i was able to kind of like have lunch set it aside come back to it so did you see halloween ends i did i just watched it last night and i was what'd you think (sighs) i don't know man I didn't care for it, but like in general, but it also made me, I, I saw other people, so I'm grafting onto this. I other I saw other people like on Twitter and stuff saying like, this was weird. It did. It made me feel weird in a way I can't really articulate. Um, but did no, you I, see, I, didn't, I didn't like the direction that they went with it. Have you seen the three Star Wars sequel trilogy movies? Yes. So... When I was watching this, I was like, this is the fucking rise of Skywalker of Halloween, where like the middle entry was so fucking bad that it's like this one's it's the best they could have done, but it's still not good. Yeah. Like a lot of other people have echoed too, I liked the callback to Halloween three with the intro with the blue font. 
and it it not opening with the fucking uh, pumpkin vignette shit, like right out of the gate. Yeah. I liked that, which is pretty. I don't know. I was really grasping, and I I liked the. No, that was like, actually the, probably my favorite credit sequence of any of the Halloween movies. Was this one? But it was a shitty, kind of a shitty movie. Yeah. I did. I really. There's a blowtorch kill scene that was pretty fucking rad. Yeah, that was cool. And the DJ getting getting his shit messed up was pretty cool. But yeah, I d- I didn't like uh, what they did with the, this second guy. Yeah, it was weird. It just it made me. I like. I didn't know. It's like that meme. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel right now. Well, yeah, because in the second one they're. Well, so in the first one, they're just like, oh, Michael Myers, he's not supernatural at all. He's just a guy. And then the second one, at the very end, they're just like, no, he is supernatural. All this shit just happened to him. And then he murders like half the fucking town. And in this one, they're like, he does like that Ghost Rider penance stare into yeah. the kid's eyes. And it kind of seems so like bad. a half-assed like Jason goes to hell scenario. Yeah. But then they just like fucking drop it. And it's like maybe if the second one didn't exist, this could have just been a good follow up to the first and they could have just completely ignored that weird supernatural shit. Yeah, I was not a big fan of Halloween Kills. I liked some of the kills in it, but what my hope for this third one was be would was I was like, I hope they just go full balls to the fucking wall and they make it supernatural he's this weird fucking thing and i was hoping that they would tie like somehow the best parts of halloween 3 and like the stonehenge and the mask shit with the cult of thorn shit from five and six and just make it full fucking gonzo bonkers and that's what my hope was was for this one that's the only way i feel like i would have been satisfied but yeah that's like they when they were coming out with the first one, they kept talking about like, oh, we're just doing our own thing. But then they just keep referencing those first mm-hmm. six movies. And like in this one, they even reference the Thorn trilogy of like the weird homeless dude that takes care of Michael. That's yeah. a thing in the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was pretty actually. I think what I had the 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 worst taste from. Halloween Kills was the depiction of Tommy Doyle by Anthony Michael Hall. Like on paper, I should have liked that, but he was fucking atrocious and the whole evil dies tonight, all that, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. All that shit was just like garbage. So I kind of watched this third one going into it just with morbid curiosity. Yeah, I actually got a free ticket to a sneak preview. So I was like, yeah, I'll fucking see that. But yeah, it was just weird, and I I didn't like it, which is not revolutionary, but no, for sure, just, just seemed really weird some of the decisions that they made. I will say, I did I liked tw- the first reboot, the twenty eighteen Halloween one. I thought that was that was just fine. Um, it was like maybe like, the I first don't... fifteen minutes of the second one, and that's it. Like I just don't fucking care about Halloween that much. I just saw the uh, the guy who did the VHS two segment on the Alien one, the Alien Slumber Party, which I didn't like that that uh, segment. 
You my loved favorite. it. You did love it. Uh, that guy just got greenlit to expand upon that segment, and so he's making a film called Alien Kids versus Aliens um, with a budget, and I think Shutter greenlit it for first quarter 2023, and they have a trailer out. It's called Kids versus Aliens. Looks pretty fucking ah. fun. So I haven't seen that, but this is the dude that did Treevenge. Yes. Yep. Which is actually like, it's juvenile, but it's pretty fucking funny in my opinion. Yeah. And Hobo with a Shotgun, which I have not seen. Yeah. He won that, um, which I touched on in that episode. He won that Grindhouse, um, like make a trailer. And he won this contest for that. And then he got greenlit to expand upon it in hobo with a shotgun and yeah he did treevenge i think he did a couple other shorts too that have been really well received which got his foot in the door like hey let's give this guy a shot um so i'm hoping this kids versus aliens looks pretty fucking cool and i'm the base level is like there's a kid he lights all these fireworks and he's got it in like a bomb contraption and he says fuck space and i'm like i'm in (laughs) so i'm looking forward to that do you want to plug the the other podcast we were on one more time and direct Chris to that so he can tell me that he agrees with me after? Oh after yeah, it's all over. Ghoulish. So Ghoulish University will be, I think, in two weeks' time, uh, they'll be releasing mm-hmm. their Halloween um, special episode where we covered VHS two, uh, the anthology horror film from twenty thirteen, I believe. Um, but yeah, Ghoulish University, they're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, um, wherever you listen to podcasts, they're out there for sure. So check them out. Right on. Hard left turn. Last time we talked, I was about to go to Vegas. And Steve was like, you got to check out Fremont Street for a day. I went there for yes. 45 minutes and could not fucking stand it. <laughs> <laughs> There were like three cover bands playing at the same time. (laughs) Yep. And my wife is such an easy mark that it's like I fucking paid some dude $20 who was dressed up as Pennywise. (laughs) She was like, I want to take a picture with him. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then he's like, $20. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) It sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Um. And I was just like, don't look at the the street don't look at the buskers like look into the eyes of the people walking around and see how fucking insane the normal people are they're all like coked out of their mind yep yeah it's it's everything insane on the vegas strip condensed into like two square blocks jesus christ So that was fucking awful. And then just a bunch bunch of things like, oh, these people are holding like boa constrictors for some reason and charging you to take pictures with them. And she's like, let's take a picture. Like, no, fuck that guy. He didn't do anything. He just bought a snake at PetSmart. Yeah, I I know the exact guy you're talking about outside the convenience store. Yes. North side of Fremont Street, <laughs> just before the Golden Gate Casino. And then a million guys like come in business suits, like s- talking something about CBD. And I'm like, dude, fuck off. Like, I don't give a shit. Dude. That's why traveling alone is better, because I don't have to worry about 
how someone else is going to make me waste my money by talking to some dude dressed up like Chucky. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I did like is just how like, I do like kitschy things like, oh, this is the New York, New York casino. It's like a shitty small version of New York inside. (laughs) I had to like fight to say, like, not say like I'm walking here to all these people on this (laughs) shitty tiny version of New York. I like the fact that they're like all this casinos are connected with like the, the things. Yeah. The thing, well, not that the things they have in, uh, airports or it's like you're too lazy to walk stand on this thing (laughs) the people mover it was uh i would go back like i there's nothing that stands out to me as like that was cool but at the same time it's so fucking cheap like how could you not go back that's how they get (laughs) you and uh every uber driver we had was like had some scheme about how they're going to make a bunch of money. Like, oh, I'm going to buy a bunch of RVs and run them out because the housing market is down. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. You oh, do you, God. bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, anywho. Yeah. I'm fading fast. I'm about to I'm about to fall down, I think, um, and just sleep in my hallway. Um, what are you going to say? Just going to say it's about dinner time here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eat that dinner, man. <laughs> Get at it. What, what's what's the meal for the evening? Is this you, cat. Hey, is it a famous uh, Brittany Bowl? No, she's out of town. Oh, okay. just me. Batching it. Yep. Are you working on your uh, your uh, secret Taco Bell? Chili cheese hack recipe? Uh, no, that recipe is perfected. Thank you. Oh, okay. Dude, I've been wanting to get... I have. A, I got this kick. Like, there, there's no Outback Steakhouses out here. And I want to try my... <laughs> I want to try my hand at a fucking Bloomin' Onions so bad. It sounds so good. You are the only person that would lament the fact that there's no Outback Steakhouses. <laughs> Dude, when I found that out, and when I found out there's no round table pizza out here, like east of Nevada, I was pretty heartbroken. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a western, it's a west coast. Oh, you're, re- you're missing out, dude. Dude, round table pizza. It's pretty good. Is the fucking best pizza there's ever been, ever. And it's Yeah, J- Jim, only- Jim has some pretty shitty opinions about things, but <laughs> round table, round table, I will, I will. I will back up. What is yeah. it though? It's just like a pizza place. Just pizza. Their theme is like King Arthur, medieval times. Like they have the King Arthur's delight, like the combination pizza. Um, it's just fucking good. It's like I don't know if I would say high end, but it's like you're paying like <laughs> almost forty five dollars for a large pizza. Yeah. So, but it's. I don't know, dude. Some about the level of spiciness in the sauce, the crust, the cheese mix ratio that they use. It's just fucking, it's a winner. They have Pizza Ranch in Indiana? No. The only chains I know out here, there's one called Pizza King that seems like a real regional favorite. Sounds um, like bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. 
I've only tried. There's one out here called Marco's, which I just tried the other night, and it was fucking delicious. It was. I've never had it. It's like a, it's a weird thing where it's attached to a family video. Yeah, there's a ton of like now decrepit and about to like collapse family videos out here, which are from Stranger Things, featured prominently. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of those out here too. I haven't seen any of them connected to a pizza place, but. Yeah, Marco's is fucking great. Like perfect cheese leoparding, like almost in the style. <laughs> Jesus of like, Christ! Almost in the style of like Costco pizza. That's kind of what. Yeah, I don't know what I know nothing about Costco pizza, but tis the season for Costco pot pie, dude. Anything in the Costco food court is fucking awesome. Chicken bakes. Chris, you never had Costco. Uh, pizza? No, I just got. I you specifically got a, got a membership for the pot pie, and I found out they don't have that for like nine months of the year. Oh fuck! Treat yourself the to pizza is pretty good. Their pizza is great, especially just a classic cheese, dude. That leopardine, every single god one. Jesus I Christ! Knew, I knew you were gonna. <laughs> yes. I knew you were gonna say it again. It's like, oh, the marbling on the beef. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it God is. It's, it. it's like, it's always on point. He's going to say it for a third time. Damn. Now I just want pizza like a motherfucker and I have zero pizza options. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go eat some yeah. dinner. Have fun, Steve. All right, it's fellas. Fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're into it, we'll have to have you on again. We'll, uh. Once we get through November, I think November, December are pretty full slate right now. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 stay in touch. Yeah, fuck it, Chris, come back anytime. Yeah, no, I'm good. I have no life. I'll talk about anything, whatever. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we'll keep you in mind for sure. Thanks again. Yep. See you guys. Later, guys. Bye.